Welcome to this week's episode of the NACF Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This week we have Associate Pastor Sharonda Manor Foster. This week we're talking about isolation and separation we've experienced from the pandemic. But in the Bible it says we're not supposed to do this thing alone. We're not supposed to go at it by ourselves. So listen how we're missing the benefit of community and fellowship. We're losing one another in isolation. We're losing one another in social distancing. And we're losing one another in this quarantine because people cannot do it alone. We have to figure out a way to stay with one another. We have to figure out a way to be. Amen. Amen. Afternoon, 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 New Antioch. Yes, there we go. I wanted to hear some claps. I wanted to hear some cheering. It is football Sunday. Does anybody know that? I woke up this morning excited that football was going to be back on on this morning. And it thought, the thought occurred to me when I came up here to do affirmation, how dare I get ready to cheer on the 49ers as they get ready to win this Super Bowl this season? How dare I get ready to cheer them on and come up here lackluster for God? How dare I do that? So if you're going to be cheering for them boys, if you're going to be cheering for them Steelers, if you're going to be cheering for them Lakers, all of that is happening right now. How dare we not all be on the same team and God not hear us cheer for him on Sunday? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Something happens when I something something happens. happens something happens when I call when I call you Jesus 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 This is the Jesus, thing about it Keith that if you're going to call him Jesus Jesus it'd be nice to have an expectation of what you're calling him for but the power of his name does not stand on your expectation and so even just that you had the might and the thought and the wherewithal to say Jesus then something is going to happen and some of you are sitting out there and I don't know I can't see mouths moving but I'm hopeful that everybody is saying Jesus when they say Jesus because everybody in here needs something to happen even if you can't put your finger on it right now something happens when you call on his name and, and some of you have seen something happen you know something has broke out when you called on his name so praise you we're going to take it up one more time and really the only person that needs to know that you're calling him is Jesus. He's the only person that needs to know that you put his name out there. And that something is bound to happen. Oh, something's bound to happen when you call. Oh, I believe that. I'm calling for myself. Jesus. I'm calling for myself. Jesus. I'm calling for my children. See, I need 
temperature is just right in the house on today and I welcome all of you who have come on this afternoon I thank you to everybody who have joined us through Facebook live it's warm in the house the temperature has just been set it is right in here Holy Spirit come and do what you will Holy Spirit come and inhabit the praises of your people Holy Spirit come and move in the house Holy Spirit, move through the airwaves on your people. Holy Spirit, penetrate. Holy Spirit, do something new. Holy Spirit, do something fresh. Holy Spirit, make yourself known in this place on today. Move in the music. Move in the music. Move in the word. Move in the praise. Move in the homes. Move on this hour. I declare. I declare. That if you would incline your ear and if you would say yes on this afternoon, I declare that you will not leave this time in his presence the same. That's for everybody in the house and for everybody on. I declare, by the name of Jesus, that you will not leave this place 
on the I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and if there is anybody who can make your way into his presence if there's anybody who can believe what you came for if there's anybody who did not come to be entertained but you come because you believe in the power my God of the most high God if you desire an encounter then it's yours for the taking on this afternoon I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place and so I ask you to do away with all distraction and just get a yes in your spirit and just tell them this is for me whatever it is this is for me wherever it is in your homes and in your living rooms and in your dining rooms and in your bedrooms and in your automobiles wherever you are I need you to say this is for me this is for me let's get right to it please stand with me all over the house for the reading of the word oh thank you Holy Spirit intercessors just keep on praying just keep on praying for deliverance just keep on praying for healing. Just keep on praying for restoration. And just keep on praying for reconciliation in the house and through the airways. Just, just keep on praying for deliverance on this afternoon. Man. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 in the New, Anta, uh, New International Version. Let's read it together. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Ecclesiastes 4, 19 through 12. Is that the right thing? 9 through 12, 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You may have your seats. I love what it says on that Ecclesiastes 12 in my version. It says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. We are going to come against him and overpower him. According to the survey administered through the CDC on late June of this year, one-fourth of young adults between the ages of 18 and 24 said they considered suicide in the past 30 days. A similar percentage also said they started to use or increase their consumption of substances as a way of coping with stress and the emotional toll of the pandemic. Half of the young adults reported experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression between April and June of this year. 
The CDC report also shows an overall increase, and this is in all ages, an overall increase in mental health problems caused by the pandemic and its many related stressors from social isolation to unemployment. Reports of anxiety tripled and the presence and the prevalence of depression quadrupled over the last year. Let me say that again, reports of anxiety tripled and the prevalence of depression quadrupled over the last year. 19% of Hispanic respondents, 15% of black respondents reported suicidal ideation. A striking 31% of unpaid caregivers to adults and 22% of essential workers said they had suicidal thoughts. We are in a season of quarantining, isolating, and social distancing. We are in a time of being urged, convinced, and even mandated to close off, block off, detach, separate, and keep apart from one another. The whole point of this quarantine, this isolation, this distancing was to keep us from getting sick in our physical bodies from this COVID virus. That, that was the whole point in this season of isolation, of distancing, of quarantining, to keep us from getting sick in our physical bodies from this virus. That was the whole point. And I understand that because we needed to and we needed to do what we could to stop the spread of this virus. But can I tell you that we're still getting sick? We're still getting sick. And it may not be the respiratory infection that is damaging the lungs, but it is the infection of unhealthy thoughts that are damaging our emotions and our mental health. It may not be the shortness of breath due to fluid in the lungs, but it is the shortness of breath due to anxiety, worry, and fear. It may not be the extreme fatigue that comes with this COVID infection, but it is the extreme fatigue of loneliness, weariness, isolation, and despair. We are getting sick. In our quarantining, in our isolation, and in our distancing. The thing is, is that we were never created to live this way. Isolation and social distancing and quarantining was never God's plan. He created us for family. He created us for community. He created us for relationship. First with him and then with others. This uh, is not in God's plan. Genesis 2.18 said, it is not good that man should be alone. And they often say that just for the man so he can get married. And he was talking about that. But it is not for man, humankind, to be alone. We were not created for this. Proverbs 18 and 1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Any wise decision, he'll come against it in his isolation. 
The phrase one another occurs in the Bible 100 times. We were not created to be alone. In the Greek, the word for one another is alelon, which is, means one another or each other. All throughout the Bible, it says, love one another, honor one another, care for one another, teach one another, speak to one another. God made sure to let us know that separation was not his plan, but we are falling into the enemy's plan. We are falling for what the world told us. We are mimicking. We are being puppets. We are moving the way that they told us to. They said men and women of God separate, and we did it. They said men and women of God isolate, and we did it. They said social distance, and we social distance. But my sister always said, we're not supposed to socially distance. It's a, a physical distance. But we took the social and we just separate. No, it's physical that makes us get sick. It's the physical. But we followed all of us, all of us. We followed what they said. And we put ourselves and our families in isolation. The men and women of God have gone their own separate ways. How can we do the one another's if we are not together in anything? How can we do the one another's if we're in quarantine and in isolation? I've even heard several people saying this. And I had to catch myself and correct myself. Because, and I heard a lady say this, and I had said this before she did. But she said, now we're going to see what all of these church people is made of. Because they can't get together. So let's just see how mature they really are. Let's just see how grown up they really are. Let's see if they've been playing church now that they can't get together. And so we took it on to ourselves to see, well, let me see, Keisha, if I'm really grown up in God and if I can really do this by myself and not be able to get to the church and not be able to get to the men and women of God and still be in him and still be mature. God did not create us that way. And now we go test God and tempt him to see if we grown enough to stand with what he told us to do. He said, stay with one another. But then the world told us to separate. And we did what the world told us to do. This is not a test of your maturity. This is not what God have called us to do. This isolation and separation is not a substitute for God's people. It is the enemy's plan to divide and conquer. And I want us to understand that on this afternoon. Matthew 12 and 25 said that Jesus said this, talking to the Pharisees. He said, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. The plan of the enemy is to divide and separate us and cut us off from one another. I want us just to take the visual of nature. And I want you to see a pack of animals running wild. 
And we have all seen this. They all stay together. You've seen a whole pack of antelope. They are running together. But can I tell you that the enemy of their souls is always crouching somewhere? And you really never see them run into that whole pack of antelope. They try to find the one that's straggling back. They try to find the one that has wandered off. They get the one that is by themselves. And most of the time, that one cannot outrun the enemy by them. My God, that one cannot outrun the enemy by themselves. We see it in nature. The enemy is no different. We had better believe that we have an ever-present enemy. And we discount. I bet you that he has not gone into quarantine. He has not gone into isolation. And him and his boys is not social distancing. They will still jump you. They will still come after you. They will still double and triple team you to get you. And so we have to be careful about this isolation place that we have allowed, we have allowed ourselves to come into. Hey, on this time, we are going to move forward into our time of giving. Nobody excited about me? This is where you get to participate. You don't get to go down there and get on the field while the football team, but on this team, you get to participate. And so we want you guys to join in with us we are doing here at New Antioch and you can help us out by giving in three individual ways. You can text your giving in to New Antioch, all one word, to 77977. It'll prompt you all the way through what you're supposed to do to be able to give. You can go to our website, newantioch-aliante.org. Hit the donate button at the top right. It will direct you on what you're supposed to do so that you can donate and give that way. Or you can mail it in here to the house at 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084. We'll be glad to go ahead and receive your giving that way. But if we're honest, this didn't just start in March. If we're honest, this isolation, this quarantining, and this social distancing for most of us, has nothing to do with the pandemic. You being moved away from the people of God. You being went your own way. You being thinking I can come in and go as I want to. You have already forsaken the gathering of believers. You moved away on your own accord. You didn't want to have nothing to do with the men and women of God. You separated yourself already because you didn't want to deal with people. You drifted away from God's people and from God on your own accord because your, because your feelings was hurt. Because you don't like uh, people. Because you say, I'm an introvert and that I like being alone. Oh no, you were not supposed to live alone. An introvert has time. I'm alone, not life alone. And so you're saying it the wrong way. And that's not, I see so many people, I'm just an introvert. God did not design us to live that way. It is for time alone and not life alone. And then there are others that become defensive. They're offended when you ask them, why haven't you been gathering with one another? 
Why haven't you been in fellowship with one another? They, they become offended. And then they say, I read my Bible. I pray every morning. I watch T.D. Jakes and Joe Osteen and Stephen Furtick and Michael Todd. They do that. And so I am doing what I'm supposed to do. But my husband, I was telling my husband about that, and he said this to me. He said, you know what it's like? He said, it's like making a cake. And that you have all of the ingredients to make the cake. And so you, you got your private prayer time, and you got your reading the Bible, and you got your Stephen Furtick and Michael Todd and T.D. Jakes and Osteen and all of those guys. But he said, but you're still missing one ingredient. And this is the ingredient for the right recipe. And so you still make a cake. It's still going to be the cake that you made, but it's going to be missing something. And you're going to keep wondering, what's missing from my cake? What is missing from my life? Why aren't things getting just right? And that's because you're missing an ingredient. You're missing the one another. You keep trying to do it by yourself or you're trying to do it with people that's not people of God. And so they can't tell you nothing different. They can only tell you what y'all already know among each other. But these one another's are for the men and women of God. Not for you to get with your, with your friends. And I almost called them something else. Not for you to get with your friends. And then y'all talk to one another because y'all really ain't saying nothing. Y'all gossiping, y'all messy, and they're going to get down in that hole with you. I think you should still keep doing it. I think you should still keep seeing him. He don't belong to you and you ain't yours. That's why you need to get with somebody else. You need to get another one another. You need to talk to somebody else because you're staying in the same place because of, of who your people are. But through arrogance and ignorance, we put off or dismiss the benefit of one another. And don't become offended at ignorance. People get mad at ignorance, but some of us have been ignorant about some things in our life. Some of us are still ignorant about some things. And that just means that you're not aware that you don't know about those things. It's not a bad mark on you. And so some of us are just ignorant about the power of one another. We just don't understand what we get, what's the benefit, what's the profit of being with one another. And then some of us are arrogant about the one another. Bishop Rosie O'Neill said it like this for arrogance. She said, arrogance is putting off for tomorrow what God has given you the grace to do today. In your arrogance, you don't gather with the believers because you feel they'll always be there. In your arrogance, you stay in your own pocket and you stay offended and you stay upset. Because you think that they'll be there when you come back around. That's your arrogance. We all thought we could decide when or not we was coming to church. I could go next Sunday. I could pick uh, this fourth Sunday on every month. That's when I'm going to go and I'm going to be with uh, the fellow believers and I'll be with one another. Well, in your arrogance, church was closed all the way down. And when you needed them. 
we witnessed it. And, and I'll tell you all this, the leaders of the church, we witnessed this. And that's why I had to change my conversation. Well, let's just see how the people of God do without being in the church. Let's just see how mature we are. I witnessed the most seasoned people need the anchoring of one another. They started to drift. They started to drift into depression. They went into sadness. They went back into the thing, smoking weed and drinking. They went back into pornography. I'm telling y'all what we know. We're not making up stuff. These were the people that were held down by the church. But when they could not get to one another, then they started drifting away. Then there's language change. And then uh, one more cuss word is coming out. And then another uh, bad behavior started to show up in you. And you know why? It's because you are not with one another. There is an anchor. God don't make up stuff. He didn't just put a hundred one another's in the Bible. Just to put a hundred one another's in the Bible. It is to save us and to keep us and to hold us out of our ignorance and arrogance. We did not take a hold of the one another's. And so we may never go back to the way things were. And I'm hopeful that we don't. Because we need the change that has come. Out of this time, we need the light that has been shown on our ignorance and our arrogance. We need that. But I want us to understand that even in this, that church is not the only place for the one another's. I need us to understand that for those of you who are in community, community group leaders and who have served, we already know this. We know that everything that happens in the church house can happen at my house. Everything. That happens in the church house can happen at my people being delivered, people being saved, people being set free, people being healed, people being encouraged. All of that, they don't, we don't need this altar for people to come up here and lay down and run around. All of that can happen in my house. All of that can happen in, in your house. And so I need us to understand the power of the one another. I, I need us to, to understand that. And so, and so hear me right, and I had to put this in bold letters. We are not lawbreakers. We were given a mandate in our city not to gather. So I'm not telling you to leave the church house and then go have 50 people come to your house. That's not what I'm saying, but I am telling you that there is still a way for us to do the one another's. Why? Because we are losing one another. We're losing one another in isolation. We're losing one another in social distancing. And we're losing one another in this quarantine because people cannot do it alone. We have to figure out a way to stay with one another. We have to figure out a way to be with one another. And so I want to talk to the people, yes, who are mature, yes, who are not so selfish, that will say it's not only about me and my house because what we did in this quarantine is we pulled inward. And as long as the people in my house were good, then those were the only people that I was concerned about. You might have been concerned about some people in your extended family. But all of the other one and others know you pulled all of that in. And I'm like, we're going to save ourselves. 
We don't have enough uh, tissue and bleach and wipes and food and canned goods for ourselves. And I don't know how many people said, but what about one another? How are we going to do the one another's? How are we going to take care of one another? It came about a four, five, six, however many people were in your house. That's who it was only about. It wasn't about anybody else. But can I tell you that God sent me this morning to talk about the one another's and to find out, even in a season such as this, how can we carry out the one another's? And so I take you to the place where it happened. And this was just so good to me. I tell you, I think it was King Solomon daring that said that there's nothing new under the sun. And so how to figure out how to do the one another's when the law and the land is saying that we can't get together. It took some folk that will come out of the box to take care of one another. And so the first one, the, the place where it happened, and this was just good to me. Can I just say that? This was just good to me. It, it felt like a whodunit. It felt like a, you know, it, the place where it happened. And so what happened in the place? The first place where it happened was in a house. And this was in Luke 5, 17 and 26. And this is the house where the lame man was let down through the ceiling in the gathering of one another. Well, what happened? In that they cared for one another carried one another and forgave one another for all of you who are not familiar with the story there was a gathering in the house it was you know what they don't even tell us in the scripture whose house this was but this person had invited Jesus to talk in his house and allowed people to come and gather in his house and there was a lame man with four friends who wanted to get this man to Jesus. They could not get in through the front door and so they went up on the roof. Four men carrying one man who was paralyzed to let him down through the ceiling so that he can get in the presence of Jesus. And who did it? And so the place was the house and the one another, they cared for one another Another and carried one another and forgave one another but who did it who let them down it was the innovators and in this season we need some innovators to say that this is not going to stop me from getting to one another I don't know how many of you will take the roof off of something to get to one another oh you gotta have some tenacity and you gotta have some fight and some want to because it didn't benefit the friends this was for the other man who was paralyzed. Who's willing to tear off the ceiling of something to let somebody else down through it? Who is willing to go through the hard work for somebody else? I don't know. We need some innovators. We need somebody who will say, I'll take the roof off this bad boy to get you down in there. 
And you had better believe that there are some paralyzed people in your life, some lame people in your life. They might be able to walk and talk, but they are motionless. They cannot move. They are paralyzed. They are stuck in this season. Don't know what's going to happen in their homes and in their families. They have frozen in space. Y'all see them. Some of them are stuck in alcoholism, stuck in drug abuse. They are paralyzed and they are lame and there is nothing to do that they can help themselves. How you going to get to one another? You're going to stay in your house where it's safe and not get to them. Well, we need some folk that will go after one another. Who's willing to go? Who's willing to innovate? Who's willing to come up with something new to get to somebody else? To get to one another. I can't tell you how strongly I feel this. We're going to lose them, y'all. All of those percentages. Suicidal ideation, anxiety, and worry. They don't know what else to do. And if we don't get to them, we're going to lose them. And what will our answer be? My four is good. My household's good. We still got tissue and milk and wipes. When somebody else is dying because we've given up the one another. What was the other place where it happened? The other place where it happened was at the home of Cornelius. Where the Holy Spirit filled the house in the gathering. Again, this is Cornelius' house. Like I told you, it could happen at anybody's house. But this was Cornelius' house. Cornelius who was a Gentile. Cornelius who was calling for the man of God. And at that time, the only people that were able to be preached to and receive the word of Jesus were the Jews. Well, Cornelius was not that. But he still called for the man of God to see if he would come to his house, to see if he would come and talk to him about this Jesus that he had heard about. Because Cornelius was already a God-fearing man. He just needed to know more. He just needed somebody that would come and tell him. And so he broke the law by even sending for this man to come to his house. But when he sent for the man of God to come, the man of God broke the law because he came to Cornelius' house. And so what did they do in there? What happened in the place? They taught one another, exhorted one another, and they spoke the truth. Well, who did this? It was the pioneers. We need some people that will say, I will go first. We need some people that don't mind getting in good trouble. Oh, y'all didn't heard about good trouble. We need some people, both of them, we're going to get in good trouble. It is because of what happened at Cornelius' house that all of us can sit in this place together. Because as I know it, and there might be some argument about that, we are not traditional Jews. And so we would not have been able to even receive this preaching and this word. We would not even be able to be baptized or receive the Holy Spirit if Cornelius and Peter had not got into good trouble. If they were not the ones that say, you know what, I'll go first and I'll pioneer something. I'll set out first. You can come to my house and preach to those who shouldn't be able to receive it 
and preach to those who have they have already said they can't have it. And so we need the pioneers. Who will allow the man of God to come where you are and preach to those who are not supposed to receive this gospel? Or are you safe in your space? Not concerned about those who are not supposed to receive it. Who's not afraid to go into the LGBTQ community and carry this gospel? Who's not afraid to go into the unseemly, to go into the back alleys, to go on skid row? Who's, who's not afraid to go down there after one another? Y'all missing it. It is our job to do the one another. It is our job to go after one another. Not only one another that got the same last name as me. Not only one another that got the same skin color as me. Not only one another that have the same belief as me. We have to come out of that place and, and say, I'm going to go after one another. I'm going to talk to my Muslim brother. I'm going to talk to my Buddhist brother. I'm going to talk to the black Israelite. You know why? Because I love him still. I love him still. I'm not about this hate. God said go after one another. And he said over 16 times to love one another. And so I'm not for the hate. But I want to pioneer a way to get to them to do the one another. If it has to be in my house, Keith, then it has to be in my house. If it has to be me and my group going, then it has to be me and my group going. But I want you to be spurred on today to go after the one another. The other place that it happened was at Jairus' house. Jairus' daughter had died. He tried to get to Jesus early, but it seemed as though Jesus arrived too late. And so when Jesus got there at Jairus' house, he still came. And Jairus still let him in, although it looked like it was too late. Catch that. He still came, Jesus did even though it looked like it was too late because his daughter was already dead. And when Jesus got in the house, the mourners were already there. They were already mourning and crying and wailing because Jairus' 12-year-old daughter had died. But Jesus came in and put the doubters out. He put him out, went in the room where the daughter was. And he said, Talitha Kohum, little girl, I say, get up. Hey, Shokona. I don't know if y'all can feel that and understand that. But let me, who was in it? It was Jairus' house. And what happened? They admonished one another and they employed the gifts of God for the benefit of one another. Jesus had a gift that he was going to use for them in that place. And who did it? It was the believers, not the doubters. He put the believers out. I mean the doubters out and left the believers in the place that would believe him to speak life unto the dead. I want to know where the believers had that will put the doubters out. 
Oh, who bold enough? And who's courageous enough to put the doubters out? We want to question and, and talk to everybody. And, and do you think that he's going to be able to raise her up? Do you think I should try to raise her up? Do you think I should still go to the house? Because it looks like uh, uh, everything is already dead. I don't know who you've already counted for dead. Who, who, who did you leave already? Saying that there's no hope for them. There ain't no need of me keeping going and wasting my time and wasting my prayers because they're not going to do no better. And they're not going to be no better for themselves. Who did you leave? This girl was already dead and the mornings were all, the mourners were already in the house wailing and crying. Who are they already talking about? Who are you already talking about? Who are you already waiting to die? And I don't mean that they just going to die a physical death, but some of them will. But for people who you believe they're not coming back from where they are, they're not coming back from this addiction, they're not coming back from, from this sickness, that they won't be able to come back. They ain't going to never get a job. You didn't count them out. You have left them for dead. They ain't going to never stop cheating. You didn't count them for dead. Well, who is courageous enough to put the doubters out? They already mourning. They already crying. They already think they know. But we come to talk to some people who will believe God for the miracle working power that he possesses. Will you go back for one another? Will you stand at what looks like a grave? My God, will you stand at what looks like a grave for one another? And not only mourn for them, but declare that they get up. That, but declare that they get up. Where are the believers that will stand over what looks dead and declare that they get up? I don't, the faith, Maras, I can't feel the faith of the people that will declare something that is dead to get up. A dead dream. To get up, go after one another. And what happened to you because you said you were going to do this and it looks like it's dead. But you'll stand there and declare that that thing get up and that that thing rise up. And it's not for you. Huh. Will you stand and speak life over someone else's success? Someone else's prosperity. Will you say, we'll do it for ourselves and we'll hope and we'll pray. But will you do it for somebody else when there's no benefit in it for you? Will you go after one another? Will you believe for one another? I'm believing this for you. I'm believing that you will succeed. And I ain't going to get nothing out of it. You want to talk about maturity? There it is. A mature believer, I can believe for you and not get nothing out of it. I can see you succeed and not get nothing out of it. I can stand and declare that that thing get up and it get up and me not say, well, now you owe me. Because remember, I stood with you when you was dead. No, this is a one another. And so we just stand with one another and believe for one another. And then the last one, where it happened. Huh. This was again in the house. 
And I want you to take note that all of it took place in the house. We wait, we, we waiting to get with the pastor and we waiting to get with the leaders and we wait for somebody to show us. But all of this, and, so, and we know that was Cornelius's house and we know that that was Jairus's house. But in that first house with Jesus and the lame man, they told the man, roof off. We don't know who house that was. And in this house, we don't know whose house this is. But their friend was in prison. And they prayed for one another. They prayed that he be set free out of prison. I don't know who has the might, the strength, the wherewithal to keep standing in intercession for somebody that is in prison. It's a physical prison. The people that are actually in a facility in prison, them. But also those who are in a prison in their life in their mind, in their behavior. Who will stand and intercede for them and keep on doing it even though it looks like it's too late? Who will go after one another and pray? And this message is a challenge for all of us because I want to know who your one another is. This man is in prison and there was a whole household full of people praying for Peter. And I tell you, Peter had been put in prison, but the king who put him in prison was the king who would execute people. And so he was really facing death and not just imprisonment. But the people prayed. And a miracle happened for Peter. It was a miracle how he got out of that prison. And I want to know who, 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 who in here? will stand and intercede for one another and pray until they go free. My husband and I have been in a place, and it just seems, and I shared this with our uh, prayer team, that it just seems in the past couple of weeks over and over and over that people are coming that are in prison in their minds and mental illness. It almost just seems so wild and unnatural because I know that people deal with mental illness. But in the past couple of weeks, the number of people that are having mental breaks that are just out there, those that are trying to self-medicate it so they know that something has happened in their brain and so then they start smoking weed and taking drugs and, and they're trying to help themselves to be better. Just over and over and over. And they find themselves in a prison. A mental prison. A sick prison. An addictive prison that they cannot get out of. Well, who will pray them through? Who's going to open the bars for them? Who's going to let them out? Who is the intercessor that will stand and pray? And don't keep saying, well, I don't know how to pray for them. The praise team told you what to do earlier. Just holler for Jesus for them. I don't know the eloquent words. Just say Jesus. Because you know that individual is in a prison. And if they're not going to be able to get out, who will stand and pray for one another? This is for us to do. And my prayer, my prayer is that we don't leave here the same way that we came in. And that we go right back to our houses. We go right back to our jobs and it's only about us. 
There is a larger call for us as men and women of God. Who are you going to go after? Because we're losing them. We're losing people at this time. We're losing people in this. And for the people who were already quarantining and isolating before the pandemic, they're scrambling trying to get back to church. They're scrambling trying to get back to the church people. Well, most churches, most of the larger churches in this city are not even open. And we can only have 50 people. So how are we going to get to one another? It has to be on us to get to one another. And can I tell you that we, we're doing it, but we want to spur one another on all the more to get to one another. We have figured out some places, Jackie, where it can happen. And so another place where it happened was over at the Cepeda's house. Jesus rooted it. It happened over there where they were able to get to one another and they were teaching one another and comforting one another and building up one another. And it happened. It happened in their house. And it also happened in the unconditional summer virtual conference where they devoted time to one another and encouraged one another. And where that happened, that happened virtually on screen where they were connecting with with one another. It happens in all of the community groups in the house where we come together and we teach one another and we comfort and we admonish and we bear with one another. Yes, we get tired of one another, but one of the one another's is bear with one another. And we are doing it here in the house. It happened in youth group just the other week, 17 youth on a Zoom call. And they were unable to encourage one another and build one another up. What is your one another? Have you, have you gotten one? And then it happened at the Manor family. Back to school, weenie roast. When did it happen? Well, we stirred up one another. We provoked one another. We built up one another. And we devoted time to one another. Where is your one another and who are they? When will you get with them? There's a purpose to the one another's. There's a purpose. I'm ready, Donnie. There is a purpose to the one another's. People are struggling. There is a siren that is ringing in the spirit. And it is for us to get to one another. Most of the time when we come in here, we want a message for us. I want somebody to talk to me. I need somebody to build me up. I need somebody to make me feel better. And you're going to get that. You'll probably get it next Sunday with Pastor. This Sunday, it's about one another. It's about you going after somebody else. And about you asking yourself, which of the one another's? Look them up. Over a hundred times in the New Testament, are you doing them? Who, who is it? Ask yourself, who is my another? And do you have another that does not live in your household? It is for you to build them up and comfort them and teach them and admonish them and bear with them, those that are in your house. But do you have a, another that is not in your house. I want you to think of someone who you know 
is in a hard place right now. A lonely place right now. A struggling place right now. And I want you to ask yourself, can I be there another? Can, can, can I be the person that will encourage them, that will lift them up? Trina, I tell you when I was working on this, Pookie's three girls came to me. And I meant to ask you, where are they and how are they? And so I won't put it on you for them to be your one another. But I want to find out where are they? Because they need somebody else. They need a one another to come after them. Who will you go after? Because even though we sit in here, there are those in this room that are lonely. There are those in this room that are troubled. But because me and my four are good, and we're in a pandemic, then we haven't gone after one another. I talked to Keith on Friday, and he was like, I'm in the middle of this. God got me on wellness checks. Going after one another. Have you called anybody? Just to say, how you doing? You all right? I'm telling you, people are struggling in this season. And God has said to us, I left you all to take care of one another. We keep saying, well, if God is real, why the world like this? Why the world like that? And why is this going on? He said, I left y'all to take care of one another. And so if you're going to ask me why the world like this, he's going to turn around and ask you, why is the world like this? Because I left you to take care of one another. And so we're going to pray. We're going to intercede today for one another. Great is the cry in the land. The numbers are not wrong about those who are considering suicide in this season. The numbers are not wrong of how child abuse has skyrocketed in this season. The numbers are not wrong of how domestic violence has skyrocketed in this season. We got to go after one another. Check on your boys. Check on your girls. Check on your families. Have you thought about them? Have you considered them? For those of you who have been separate and pulled apart, you need to plug back in. All of the community groups here at this house are still operational. The link to do that um, should be on your screen. Just click on that and say, I want to connect to a group and we will call you this week. Because we're going after one another. We have a dedicated group, this house and over at the central campus, that all through this, we have continued to do community group, innovators, trying to find a way to keep you pulled in. The men's group is still meeting. Men, y'all need to come on back in. They're fighting for you and they're still standing. The youth are still meeting. 
parents, why did your children stop coming to you? They need one another. And look at the school system. They got them in isolation. They got them in separation. But we have to figure out a way to get to one another. We have to figure out a way to get to one another. That we understand the benefit, the profit, and the gain of being together. Let's stand all over the place so that we can pray. You pray for me. If you're on Facebook Live, do go ahead and pray with us. And so what I'm going to do first is pray for you. Everybody who can hear me, everybody that's in the house and everybody that is on Facebook, we're going to pray for you first because I need you to survive. Some of you have been suffering in silence. You haven't said many things to anybody, but this is hard for you. And you're saying to yourself, man, I can't go after nobody else because I need, I need myself to be healed. I need somebody to come after me. And so I'm going to pray for you first. Father God, I said thank you for every man, woman, and child that is under the sound of my voice on this Holy Spirit. I say thank you for the word that you have imparted to us. And now we lift them up. Everyone, oh God, that is in this space with us, that is connected with us. We lift them up and we pray for their healing. We pray for their restoration. My God, in the name of Jesus, we pray their strength. We pray that they are strengthened, oh God, that they, oh God, trust you even in this season when they can't see a way out and they don't know how it's going to end, God. We pray that they can come into a trust and a belief, oh God. God with you. We say thank you that even in this space they will connect uh, with one another and uphold uh, one another. My God, correct uh, one another. Love on one another in this season. We declare healing. Healing in those who feel like they're losing their minds. Uh, feeling, oh God, healing in those uh, who have taken on other behaviors. Uh, those who have taken up substance abuse. Uh, those, oh God, who have gone back into their old ways. Uh, God, we say thank you that we are the believers that will stand and believe and speak life over them. Those who have fallen down and are having a hard time getting back up. God, we go, God, thank you that even on today they will rise back up. Rise back up in strength. Oh God, because we have cried out and we believe you that you gave us to care for one another. And so bless them indeed. May chains be broken off of them on this afternoon. My God, in the name all across this sanctuary, they're in here, Karen. God said his hand is on you and that you are not alone in this. My God, in the holy name of Jesus, God, I said thank you that we could connect with our sister and declare that she, he said you are not alone in this. You are not alone in this. And so, God, I said thank you, oh God, for your healing virtue and for your divine presence and for the power of prayer. My God, in the name of Jesus, Giovanna, God says that you are not alone in this. You have been a soldier and you have stood strong. Many times not saying a word to anybody. Nobody knows how hard it's been for you in this season. We have you and we're praying for you. God said, tell her that she is not alone. He said, he won't leave you by yourself. 
and that you have everything that you need to survive this. He said, tell him my grace is sufficient. But what you don't have, he already has for you. His hand is already laying on you. My God, in the name of Jesus. And that we are here for you. The one another's are here for you. You are not alone. My God, in the name of Jesus. So God's hand is on you. He is moving in your life. You are not alone. God, I said, thank you for strength. My God, in the name of Jesus. Mariah's God said, I got it. You're another soldier. And that you stand forward. And you put on your shield daily. But nobody knows the struggle. Nobody knows the fight. Nobody really knows what it takes to be Mariah's Richardson and to show up in every day. But you keep showing up in the day, my God. Nobody knows what it takes for you to show up every day. But God says that the one another's have you. You have some one another's that won't let you go. You have some one another's that have tied to your shark tail, that have grabbed your arms, that are supporting your back, my God, in the name of Jesus, and we're refusing to let you go. And so we lend you our strength. We lend you our voice. My God, in the name of Jesus, Chantel, I need you to survive. I need you to make it. You to make it, and you have it. God said, You have what it takes because He's given it to you, and that you are not alone in this season. My God, in the name of Jesus, God, I said, Thank you. I said, Thank you for your healing, virtue. I said, Thank you for what you're doing. I need you to survive. I need you to survive. I need you to survive. I need you to thrive. Speak life. Get up from here, Hesho. Get up from here and live. I need you to get up from here and live. Get up from here and live. Come over here, Chantel, really quick. Come over here, really quick. I need you to survive. I need you to survive. I need you to survive. I'm just going to put my hand in your back. I don't want to breathe on you. But I feel the anointing of God when it turns around. I need you to survive. I need you to survive. I'm just going to touch your back. I'm trying to be safe and be obedient all at the same time. But I need you to understand. Oh, I pray, I pray for you. Hallelujah. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray. 
prisons, who can't seem to break out, who can't seem to shake it. God, we come against the devices, oh God, of weed smoking, of alcoholism, of prescription drugs, of pornography, of gambling. In the name of Jesus, and we declare that your people have my show. Go free in the name of Jesus. There is somebody that is sitting right here on Facebook on today. We declare that the chains of gambling addiction be broken off of you on this afternoon in the headset cannot you don't know what else to do you feel like it's out of your power but can I tell you in the same way that they prayed for Peter the men and women of God are praying for you and that you shall go free my God in the holy name of Jesus we lift up Mac we lift up Kevin we lift them up we lift up Chris my God in the name of we lift up Steve we lift them up we lift up Rashad and we declare healing in their minds my God in the holy hallelujah in the name of Jesus for those that are sitting in despair for those who don't say a word for those who are fighting with suicidal ideation God we oh God speak to the darkness oh God and we declare that there is light in the name of Jesus for this light, oh God, your light. The darkness can't do nothing with it and so flood their lives with your light. Flood them with the people of God. My God, in the name of Jesus, we said thank you, God. That we can cry for the fathers. For the fathers who are down on their knees. Not because they're praying, but because they're broken. God, we pray their strength on this afternoon and that they have the wherewithal to stand to move and to rise again God we cry out for them to stand rise and move in the name of Jesus for every child that is in an abusive home and that they don't know where relief is going to come from they're waiting for somebody to come and save them my God in the name of Jesus we cry out for the power of the one another that someone will get to that house, that someone will pull that child out, that someone will take them in. My God, in the name of Jesus, there is power in the one another, oh God. Don't allow them to keep suffering in this season, my God, in the name, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. For that spouse that is battered, my God. We said thank you for a way out. Thank you for an open door. Thank you for relief. Thank you for calm. Thank you for self-control. My God, in the name of Jesus, God, we said thank you. We cry out for one another. We pray for one another. We stand for one another. And for those of you who are here or online today and you just, you don't know him, you don't know Jesus, it feels weird to even call the name of somebody that you don't know. Let us make an introduction on this afternoon because we want you to know him. We don't want you to leave here the same way that you came in. And so won't you invite him to come into your life? This season is too much for you. This season is too much for you. Won't you invite help into your life? Won't you invite help to come into your life? And so just repeat this prayer after me. You're on your last leg. You're at your last resort. You might as well try Jesus. 
you might as well try Jesus. It'll be the best thing that you have ever done in your life. And so everybody, let's, let's repeat after me in this place. Father God, come into my life. Forgive me for everything that I have done wrong. I believe you sent your son for me. I believe Jesus died for me. Jesus, come into my life. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, it is done. You have him. He belongs to you. And if you prayed that prayer and you need a book, our pastor wrote a book that teaches you how to walk this out. And even if you didn't say that for the first time, but you still want that book, put it in the comments and we'll make sure that you have one. If you're here in the house and you want that book, we will make sure that you receive that book. Just raise your hand. Our sanctuary attendants have it ready for you. She'll just hand you one. I'm telling you that it will help you walk your life through. Give you an understanding in this. Let's go after one another. Let's go after one another. If you're connected here or on Facebook on today, and you don't have a place of connection, connect with us. This is a great place to be. This is a great place to be where we're going after one another. And so you can put it there in the comments. If you're in the house, just raise your hand and Servant Leader Champagne will make sure that you are connected before you leave this place. And so I thank God for each of you. I, I thank you for, for your time and for this. I feel the presence of God in this place. And so I do hope that you have been admonished to go after one another. God bless you all. Pastor Renee, um, I believe, is going to come with our announcements. Um, but really quick, I will just say that Kingdom Academy, it's not too late to sign up if you want to join in with one of the classes that Kingdom Academy um, is putting on now. But you do need to go ahead and do it this week. You can contact Pastor Darian. If that is something that uh, you would like to do, um, you also, Pastor is doing Bible study every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. And so you can contact and get in, uh, connect with her on Facebook on the Central's main page and even on Zoom if you want to be in the actual classroom. And so you can do that also uh, to connect with Bible study. But other than that, I believe that that is all the thank you all so very much. That is all that I have. And I do believe that Pastor Renee will be coming in just a moment. Amen. 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 What a word. Can we get a round of applause one more time? For the word of God from the woman of God. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Sharonda.
say to Pastor Sharonda, I was given the task of saying a couple of words, and I didn't want to be long-winded, but I did want to make sure that you got some of your flowers while you can still smell them. And so on today, I want to give you three of the flowers from the house here at New Antioch. Pastor Sharonda, we want to thank you for being our navigator. Everything that goes on in this house, that happens here at this house, you are the one that sits and says, how does it happen? When does it happen? What's going to go where? Every program you're a part of, every committee that we have here at the house, your name is on it. You've left your trademark on every single thing that we've done here at the house, and we thank you. Your flower number two, we want to thank you for being our warrior. You lead a team. You lead a team of prayer warriors that show up here every single day, 365 at the gate, telling the enemy, not in here, not up in here. You can't come through here ready to throw down, ready to fight. I know you look good and you, you dress real nice, but you're ready to fight and throw down anytime that we need you to. We thank you for being our warrior and taking ownership of all of us and warring for each and every last one of us. And flower number three, we want to thank you for being our stabilizer. It's one of those things when you ask, who's going to be there? Who's going to be a part of it? Pastor and God have laid the foundation. You have put your flag in the ground and become a stabilizer of this house. So we know if you're going to be a part of it, it's going to be all right. It's going to come through and it's going to be done in excellence we thank you on today for being excellence personified pastor sharonda we know that you have a man of god a strong man that is holding you down in your husband we know you have a strong family that is holding you down and has your back but on today we stand as a house we stand as a house we stand as a house of believers to let you know that we too have your back and so on today, we say happy birthday, happy 50th birthday to our pastor, Pastor Sharonda Manor Foster. Amen. We thank God for that word once again on this afternoon by Pastor Sharonda. We appreciate everyone who um, came to join us on this afternoon and to just praise God with the people. Amen. There is nothing like community. Absolutely nothing like community. And so with that being said, we're going to stand. We're going to go into our benediction. Oh, just before that, real quickly, you can stand. You can go ahead and stand. Our MIT is tonight. For the ministers, I did message you the link on Zoom. So from um, this campus, we got, we got um, Jackie, and she back there hiding back there somewhere. And Marias, they will be our speakers from the Aliante campus on tonight. So um, the ministers will be going for on tonight as well. So our benediction is for you on the screen. Let's read it aloud together. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. 
and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with the holy kiss, holy wave, and all the saints salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Now, before you leave, please be seated, and we're going to put you in the hands of our sanctuary attendants who will make sure that everyone gets out of here okay. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante campus. Or for Central Campus, that's New Antioch Central at 77977. Thank you.